0: Welcome to Anchor Daily, where we daily engage in God's Word and prayer, reminding each other of the only anchor that truly holds.
1: Hi, my name is Nancy O'Brien. I'm from Bethel, West Pasco, and I'm excited to walk through Exodus chapter 10 with you today. In reading through the book of Exodus and all the plagues that God inflicted on Egypt, I find myself becoming exhausted with the repeated self-destructive behavior of Pharaoh. His unwillingness to learn the lessons that God is teaching is super frustrating to me. And I find myself asking, why does God continue to allow this cycle to repeat? Rebellion, correction, contrition, relief, and then a new rebellion that starts the cycle all over again. God could have freed the Israelites at any moment. He didn't need to get Pharaoh's permission for them to leave. So why does he continue to engage with Pharaoh like this? The first verses of chapter 10 actually answer my question. Verses 1 and 2 say, The Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the hearts of his officials, so that I may do these miraculous signs of mine among them, and so that you may tell your son and grandson how severely I dealt with the Egyptians and performed miraculous signs among them, and you will know that I am Yahweh. On a first read through Exodus, it seems like God is trying to teach Pharaoh a lesson, but verses 1 and 2 tell us no. God is teaching Israel a lesson about who he is and what he does. And he's also providing them with teaching tools for the future. You know, a story about how God told Israel to leave Egypt and then they did is a good story, but maybe not one that will be remembered for generations. But a story about how God performed amazing miracles, defeated enemies, and fought for his people, that is a story that will be passed down for generations. So God sends locusts to ravage the land And again, Pharaoh's heart is hard, and he refuses to let the Israelites leave. But this time, God is done with warnings and object lessons. He has determined to crush Pharaoh and bring an end to this conflict. God brings darkness on the land. Not just a nighttime darkness, but an oppressive darkness. Too dark to move about. Too dark to even see other people in your own house. For three days, there was complete darkness across Egypt, except for where the Israelites lived. Where they were, there was still light. A couple of weeks ago, the power went out at my house. And one of the first things I did was look outside to see if my neighbors had power. So I can know whether this outage was a me problem or a them problem. Did I need to look inside my own house for the cause of the darkness or look somewhere outside? In my case, the cause was external, something about a transformer, something outside my control. But in Pharaoh's case, if he had looked, he would have seen that the Israelites had light. So the issue must be within Egypt, and he should have been looking in his own house to find the problem. I don't think Pharaoh understood how terrifying this darkness truly was. Throughout the Bible, darkness comes when God delivers judgment on a people or a place. We see this in Joel 2, in Revelation 8 and 16, and we see it when Jesus is on the cross. In Matthew twenty seven forty five, we read that darkness fell for three hours, and at the end of that time, Jesus cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God poured out his judgment for our sin on Jesus. Darkness came, and the firstborn son died. This judgment of God on Egypt should have driven Pharaoh to his knees. But for the ninth time, he tries to bargain his way out of the situation and then goes straight back into rebellion, which leads to the last plague in chapter 11, the death of the firstborn sons. And we can see that God is not only teaching Israel about who he is and what he has done, but he is about to teach them what he will do in the future through Christ. But that part of the story is coming tomorrow. Let's pray. God, you are the great teacher. We know that you are working in this world at all times for our good and your glory. I pray that our hearts and minds will be open to the lessons that you are teaching today so that we know more of who you are and what you are doing in our lives and in our world and help us pass that knowledge on to the next generation of believers so that they will know that you are Yahweh.
0: Thanks for joining us today. Listen in tomorrow as we continue to encourage one another to be anchored, steadfast, and secure in Jesus. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so because we'd love to continue to dive into God's word with you. We'd also like the chance to connect further with you. If you go to Bethel.ch,